You want all the inside dirt? That's the muck. Coming from the Montgomery basketball experts? That's the mire. I'm Montgomery assistant coach Joe Bassford. I'm Montgomery head coach Chris Grundy. And this is the Muck and Meyer podcast. This is the Muck and Meyer podcast. This is the Muck and Meyer podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Muck and Meyer podcast. I'm Brandon Fury here with Keith Glock. Glock, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? Good. Another great day of seven on sevens today. So it's got awesome. me excited for uh, for really June to come. Football football gets going now that basketball's over. Awesome. I'm, uh, I'm excited. So let's do a little recap this week. It was an zero and two week. First uh, week where we had no wins. If I'm remembering correctly, um, and it was it was a really tough week. Um, definitely emotional for some of the the players playing in their last games. Um, so Thursday, well, we'll actually start on Tuesday when the Ridge forfeit, uh, due to COVID. So Montgomery automatically advanced. And then Thursday, Montgomery battled it out with Rutgers prep, ended up losing 69 to 60 where bio had 20 and Curry had 14 and Prescott had nine. So if you guys saw yesterday's pregame, you saw that I disputed Mr. Glock's point that he had on his solo rant about um, Montgomery was the worst basketball team. I don't think they are. He does, but hey, that's what that's what make great content, right? Listen, it's there's nothing that ever says that you know my opinion just because you know this is a thing that I started is the right opinion. And, and I'm very happy to have competing opinions and, uh, and that's fine. Um, and you know what, who is to say that I, that I'm right. It, it just, it based on the one game that we were able to play against them this year, that was my takeaway. Um, and it was actually one of the things that when I was talking to, to uh, Mr. Papaduke, uh, Montgomery principal uh, on Friday morning that I said, you know, the, the most unfortunate thing, of this season in my eyes was that that was the first meeting of those two teams because we didn't get, um, you know, any kind of feeling out period against them. I think that that game would have certainly been probably a little bit different. um, You know, if that had been the second or the third time that Montgomery had felt their pace and and gotten a look at them. And, you know, an interesting thing, they were, we were supposed to play them very early, right? Like second or third, first game, game. first First game. game. So, just thinking like what because that was when Montgomery was really hot we can't we know we came out of the gates hot imagine if we played them then when we were at our best how that would have looked especially with them with kind of a new team I think Montgomery definitely would have beat them in that game but too many what ifs they only played them once when it counted and Montgomery dropped it by nine so consolation game Montgomery was scheduled to travel to Gill Gill did not want to play for whatever reason. And Montgomery ended up taking central on at home and ended up losing 76 to 75 in OT. It was a heartbreaker for Montgomery. Um, Revio had 31. Is that a career high for him? It has to be. I, I don't have a, a confirmation from that, but it has to be. And then Curry had 20. Prescott again with nine and that huge three to force OT. 
It was a a game game to remember, a shot to remember. Just unfortunate it did not turn out in our favor. Is there anything better than, like, end game heroics, you know? Yeah, no, there's there's nothing. It's so much fun, isn't it? Yeah, and you know what? I was was talking to Pogue after the game. It was nice to have a game where it was really exciting, but because both teams were just back and forth, back and forth, not like – you know, the, the St. Joe's Metuchen game, it was it was fun. It was exciting, but because neither team could hit a shot and get going. But we saw uh, Central's big uh, Gillikin, the senior, hit seven threes. Rubio hit three of his own and was just dominant all day. Good shakeback performance from him. Um, and, yeah, just really, you know, really unfortunate loss for Montgomery. And you know what? That's That's going to happen. Uh, it's just sometimes you play well and you don't end up winning the game. Central's a really talented team. They're well coached. Um, it's uh, obviously there's a lot of connections there between, you know, Montgomery and, and Hunter and Central head coach, uh, Mike Falco is a Montgomery employee. So, you know, there's, there's always just some, some more rivalry when those two teams meet than, you know, because it's not a, one of the traditional rivalries for Montgomery, oh, yeah. you know, of, of all the years, but uh, it seems like it it certainly has taken on the the level of a rivalry game, especially in boys basketball over the last you know five six years. It's not it's not a friendly matchup when we play them. Um, no. So, do you have a take of the week? I do, I do, and my take of the week is an unfortunate one. Um, I don't take a lot of pleasure in my take of the week. Um, but I, it, it's a reality that we all faced. There was nothing stopping us from playing Gill uh, on Saturday in the consolation game of the Skyland Conference tournament. And just the, the fact that Gill essentially was playing in the sandbox, picked up their toys and went home for no real rational reason. Because are you going to tell me that if Gil had beaten Wachung Hills, that they would have said, eh, we're not going to play Saturday. That was oh, enough. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Come on, come on. Uh, so, so, so you're upset about losing and now, well, we don't, we haven't played them yet. It's not like we had played them three times and like, you know, I, I could almost rationalize that, you know, that like, uh, look, playing you a fourth time, like feels, let's see if we can each pick up a game against somebody else that we haven't played yet, you know, mm-hmm. didn't happen that way. Uh, and, and, and that, that's, it's frustrating. It's to put it in a, in a, a very simple uh, emotion. It's annoying that that is even a thing that's permissible. Um you know, so, you know, I obviously, I am a, a no one. I am, I am a pawn in this game of, of anything related to athletics in the, the county or the state as it relates to boys basketball. Uh, but I, I really wish, hope, you know, that if there's a, a clearer set of rules that needs to be followed, that, that it gets followed, um, or need to be created 
maybe. I, I, I don't know if it's, if it's that simple or that complicated. Is it as simple as athletic directors making a stand and saying like, listen, what you did was not acceptable by our own standards? Again, I don't know. So I, I, I don't want anybody to think that like, I have this inside information and any of that stuff. All, I, I don't, I have none of the above. All I know is that we could have played Gill on Saturday and we didn't. And would we have won that game? Brand, I have no idea because Gill's real good. But you know what I know? That Montgomery is pretty darn good themselves. And we're not the team that backs down in the face of any kind of challenge. And I would have loved for our guys, win or lose, to just have had the experience you know, and the ability to have the experience to go up against a team that that's that talented, whether we won or we lost. I mean, it just is what it is. But the fact that that was taken away, that opportunity was taken away. And for no good reason, other than we're taking our toys and we're going home, that doesn't sit well with me. Big time dislike. So, and, and that's my take, although I don't want to go into my dislike. <laughs> so let me, let me say this, you know, I, I would normally just go right into my take of the week, but I want to have a little dialogue with this because I touched on this in the pregame show uh, yesterday. So first, I would 100% play. If it was my football game, I would play 100%. I don't think they should have been allowed to not play. With that being said, I can understand it. And let me tell you why. I used this analogy yesterday, but I'll use it again. When... We lost to Randolph uh, my sophomore year, 2019. If you told me that if, if Coach Milch said, all right, hey, I know it, tough loss. It's time. We, we, got, we got two days to prepare for the next game, even if it was a week, even like in football, it's a week. I don't know that mentally I could be prepared to play that game, knowing how I felt for – weeks and close to to a month after that Randolph game and again would I play yes but when and, and it's also different because we knew that it was winner go home and Gil knew win or lose we are playing Saturday so I get that but if you if you look at it like this right when I when it right now March 7th 2021 the thing I'm thinking about in football is a state championship. And that is why in a normal year, forget COVID, a normal year, you lose in the playoffs, you go home. You don't play a consolation game after a loss. And I can understand that when you're focusing on chasing a championship and you lose, not wanting to play again because – it hurts mentally. So I, I, again, what I would play, I would have played. They should have had to play. They should have been forced to play whether or not they wanted to. But I can understand maybe why they didn't want to. Here's my, my response to that. Uh, and what you said makes sense. I would say it makes sense in every year except for the one that we're in right now has everyone forgotten what we just did for the last 11 and a half months i mean we're coming up on one year of march yeah, 11th we're a week away right being you know when we were basically told we can't do anything with our lives you know 
and how grateful were we just to be able to play and now 14 games into that we we've just said well all right it's championship or bust and uh just that we get to play like uh isn't a thing anymore yeah you know, you're right i no i i agree you're right they, and, uh, and here, here, i'll give you another simple analogy too and this is just doesn't even deal with anything with COVID related, but I, I still think that's the stronger point. How many days for you as an athlete that where you wake up and you like, know you have to work out and you are like, I'm so tired. Like my legs hurt. I don't want to do this. And then you get to the gym and like, you're in the middle of your workout and you're like, Oh yeah. Like clearly I could have done this. I just needed to mm-hmm. like get myself rolling. Yeah. And you know, where if you had your druthers, you'd rather have been laying on the couch. You took a 15 minute nap in the morning and a two hour nap in the afternoon Mm -hmm. and everything would have been right with the world. You just need a little something to get you going. So, you know, uh, play the game. That's my, that's my answer. So my take of the week will be, um, so Montgomery is in what would normal year be a mid season slump. And unfortunately in this year, this is the end of the season. And I, I, I truly believe that with the performance we saw yesterday, was it great by any means? No. But you put up 75, and you did put up 60 against Rutgers Prep as well. And these are not – this is not – we we can sit here honestly and say Montgomery did not play their best basketball in either game. I think we can both say that. So I just think that this is a, a midseason slump that I think – normal year they get out of it and and make a run at a, a real uh, state championship yeah I, I can't disagree with you so like of the week uh what do you have my like of the week is the performance against hunter and central the result notwithstanding i mean to basically validate everything you had just said about why you wouldn't have even wanted to, to potentially play in a, in a game saturday um, is all the reasons why I think Montgomery could have gotten blown out in that game, right? I mean, the emotional wear and tear of losing in the semifinals in a game where you were like very, obviously very prepared to, to win uh, could have resulted in a very lopsided loss on Saturday to a, a pretty good team. And that did not happen. And Montgomery was there, obviously, uh, you know, took it uh, the distance and then some, Um and, and to me, that is a, a, a fully functional uh, example of the character of the team, the coaching staff's ability to get the most out of its players, and the players themselves to, to go out there and, and have the pride to go out there and do that and not use uh, Thursday night as an excuse. Yeah. Very proud of those guys. For sure. And you know what? It really, I, I, I really do feel bad for them having to go through that twice, that loss. And, yep. and you know, it only, it's going to help them in the future. Um, my like of the week, we had a couple five point deficits, a little more, a little less at times, uh, very late in the game against Central. And if you compare it to a Middletown North, uh, a St. Joe's, um, we kind of saw those get away from us, but through all that, we, you can find a constant. We were in, in, in all three games, we were getting the turnovers, have the ball down two, down one, whatever it is. And we hit the shots. Uh, we, we didn't hit the shots in 
earlier games. And in, in regulation on Saturday, we hit the shots we needed to. We got the turnovers we needed, and we got ourselves into OT. Uh, it was unfortunate the way it turned out. We actually ended up not hitting the shots in the same situation in OT, but um, I liked how we finished that out in regulation. Dislike of the week? Um, I I did I disliked. Um, well, I, I kind of now want to change my my dislike, even though from what we talked about. Give me, in, in give me, period. give me both of them. I, and and I, no, you know what? I'm gonna actually. I'm going to spin my dislike in, into a like my, my dislike is, is piggybacking off of the public school versus private school um, dichotomy. I'll put it in that word to be nice. Um, and it resulted in a watch on Hills uh, championship in the Skyland conference tournament over Rutgers prep. Um, so I, I loved that part of it. And uh, I'll roll the dislike into, and I didn't even mention this to you in, in the, our pre-conference, but uh, this really should have been my main dislike of the week. Anyhow, uh, Watchung Hills head coach, Justin Salton tore his Achilles in, in the, of, of all things in the post game, in the celebration On of the, the victory. <laughs> I he feel bil- terrible he bil- laughing because that I, is. I said the same thing. It's a terrible injury but there's a ring associated with it. So it was kind of no holds barred in terms of picking on him. Um, we love him. Um, certainly validated all the praise that I had been heaping on them in the last, you know, 10, 14 days oh, yeah. uh, uh, for sure. Cause you know, in my opinion, it was very easy to see that coming from them. Cause they're obviously really talented. Um, but what a, what a brutal injury. Uh, that, that's you know. terrible. I, yeah. Oh my god, Bill, Bill uh, Grammatica. Do you, do you, do you a, even know the the Bill Grammatica story? No, I don't. Bill Grammatica was a uh, and and his brother Martin Grammatica were kickers in the NFL, and they were both very good. Um, and Bill Grammatica was a kicker for the Cardinals, and he kicked like a forty-eight yard field goal or something like that, and he jumped up and pumped his fist in midair and landed and tore his ACL like in the oh. post-game kick celebration. Like that's it was just very kickerish, you know, to <laughs> to have that happen, and. Uh, yeah, so Salton, but lo- love you, Coach Salt. Uh, congratulations, but the dislike is the is going to be the rehab. Hit the Salt Lab. <laughs> so mine is uh, kind of just disliking myself. Uh, I'm, I I oh. guess I'm a little greedy because I I've gotten a little used to seeing three or more guys in double figures, but. This past week, I mean, and the easy dislike is, oh, we were on two, didn't get a ring, but to, because we're we're so uh, intellectual here, we're just gonna go deeper than that. Um, <laughs> right. Last That's how everybody games... describes us as intellectual. It's the first thing <laughs> they think of when they think of this. <laughs> um, yeah. So last two games, only two guys in double figures. Though Prescott had nine in both, which is uh, it's pretty close, but. That, that that's my uh my dislike of the week well you're allowed to dislike yourself but i'm allowed to like yourself because again this, you know yesterday obviously i was not there um i was fully expecting an 11 30 tip off so that i wasn't going to get to to catch any of the of the game live and have to watch the whole thing on replay and lo and behold uh my game wrapped up yesterday about uh 220 
and uh, I looked at, at my notifications and saw like at one o'clock, it was like, oh, your station is live. And I was like, one o'clock, what happened there? So I was able to, to catch, uh, you know, most of the second half uh, of that game live. And, and dude, you can dislike yourself all you want. You did a fantastic job. I need to like update my LinkedIn or something because <laughs> they, I might not be needed as we move forward. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So next we got bring the fury. So I'm going to bring you my, it's actually only one play this week. So I'll bring you my favorite play from this week. Here it is. The lone bring the fury play this week was Matt Prescott nailing the three to force the game in overtime. Curry missed the three, but Gordy pulled it down and found Prescott and Prescott just did a great job of staying calm in the in the high pressure moment and knocked down the three. So here is the final bring the fury play of the week with Matt Prescott nailing this three. Gordy pulls it down. Back out to Prescott. His three-pointer's good. Montgomery ties it up. Oh, a second miracle on the year. Wow, what a play. That was bring the fury. What a shot from Matt Prescott. So next, we're going to say goodbye to Mr. Keith Glock for a quick second and bring in Ryan Curry for his second interview of the year. So we'll be right back for that. We're now going to bring in Ryan Curry for his second interview with us this year on the Muck and Meyer podcast. Ryan, what's going on? Nothing much. How about you? I'm good. Thank you for coming back on. We really appreciate it. So talk a little bit about how the season ended up, um, obviously losing your last two games and getting knocked out of the tournament on Thursday. So just talk a little bit about that. Definitely. Uh, not the way we wanted to go out. Uh, wanted to get a county championship or a conference championship, whatever you want to consider it this year. But uh, we always got to remember that we did get a conference championship. I feel like that kind of washed away towards the end of the year once we dropped prep because we really wanted that county. We really thought those were the games to prove ourselves that were the real deal. But unfortunately, it didn't fall into our favor. But once we kind of were drained Thursday, Friday we had practice and our morale kind of boosted. We did some things with code, some fun, fun activities. We just kind of kept on reminding ourselves that we did get a number. And it's not completely over. Went out Saturday. Consolation game, unfortunately, didn't go our way. They hit a lot of shots. But overall, the season, we got a number. We did, we cemented the legacy for the seniors. And I thought it was a pretty decent year, pretty good year overall. So what do you mean by got a number? Uh, the number on the banner, like the Montgomery banner. That's kind of oh, okay. the three the three numbers we want are section, conference, and county. So we got one on a conference for this year. So that's a big thing for the seniors that they can cement their year 2021 for them. So, yeah, we so that's definitely something to take out as a positive. But if you take an overlook of the year, something I'm sure you guys were all looking for forward to is the conference, Skyland Conference tournament. So what do you think kind of went wrong this year, finishing 10 and four, but starting really hot? Definitely. Um, well, we can go back to our shooting starting against Middletown North. We shot pretty well. They shut the lights out of it. 
But then leading up to St. Joe's, where we shot really, really bad, we kind of lost our way for a little bit. Didn't score a lot in transition that game. We kind of really reel ourselves back in. And I thought we did a pretty well job of that, taking care of Hosewell in the next game, getting out in transition, going and playing our game. And I feel like even we did a good job against that in the later games that we lost, but I feel like shots just weren't falling ultimately. And if shots, a little more shots fell, I think we're in a very different situation right now during this podcast. Yeah, and so that those historic uh historically bad shooting performances one of 33 is the the big one uh we're definitely a problem but something else that i was kind of noticing early even when everyone was hot and everyone we it tended to kind of flow under the radar because we were winning and then i kept saying like hmm we're getting out rebounded at times and then we kind of saw that translate into when it mattered most against Rutgers prep so talk a little bit about that the the just getting out rebounded. Yeah, I feel like all year we kind of got away with giving up a few extra pan, extra points against some certain teams, but we finally met our match. And a team coach was telling us all year that a team's going to hurt us with all these extra chance points. And sure enough, Rutgers Rep did. They must have gotten in the fourth quarter, third quarter alone, three threes off a of second chance points. That completely changes the game. Uh, I think we're up one. And then there's a possession about four loose balls we didn't get, four rebounds we didn't get, and it just came down to who got more second extra extra points, I feel like. Yeah, and going into next year, uh, you guys are losing Rabio, who's obviously a huge part of everything, but especially rebounding being 6'9". How do you kind of replace that? Uh, it's going to be hard. I mean, Noah rebounding – the heck out of the ball. No, was super strong for us down there. Same with Matt. And it's three absolutely huge losses to every aspect, and especially the rebounding. I mean, we have some young guys that are going to play, and everyone's going to be committed to the weight room this year. And we're going to see who, who works out and who doesn't. And hopefully we out-rebound people. And Gordy would be a big help next year on the rebounds helping us. So if you can kind of just focus on yourself for a second and just pick one thing, because everyone knows you're going to work on everything this offseason, but if you can pick one area where you really want to improve, what would that be? Um, I feel like I definitely want to get stronger in the gym. I'm going to hit the gym a lot a lot harder and a lot more this offseason, so I want to put some a lot more muscle weight on, not just kind of bad weight, but getting more tone and strong and actually help me for basketball. And I also feel like I got away from my shooting touch a little bit. I'm going to work my shooting touch, get in the gym with coach, put a lot of shots up in the off season, a lot per day. I'm going to fix up my touch because I feel like I have a good form, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. Almost there. Yeah. And actually I'm glad you brought that up because I mean, it was, it was clear you were at the heart of the the shooting uh, woes, I guess you could say, going games on games on games, not hitting threes, or maybe like hitting one and then missing four or, or whatnot. But I feel feel like you started to find your stroke a little bit against Central. Uh, talk a little bit about that and what that does for your confidence going into the offseason. Yeah, definitely. I definitely found my stroke in Central. I, worked, I was working on it before the game. I was working on it. Way before my shooting slump and in practice, I was hitting a lot of shots, like getting shots up on the gun. I knew it was eventually going to fall. And Central really builds my confidence because 
I know my shots there. And even at Rutgers Prep, my shot felt good. I had to take some tough shots at the end to try to get back. But Rutgers Prep, my shot felt really good. I feel like I have a lot of confidence going into next season. So next year, if there is uh, – so we're obviously going to see three new starters, um, first things. So are there any guys – not asking you to kind of build a starting lineup or anything, but are there any guys that you're looking to – that maybe were under the radar this year that really could improve and help you guys out next year? Yeah, I feel like a lot of eyes would be on Josh, uh, Josh Moore and Ariane Gordy. But I feel like there's a chance for a lot of guys to play next year. There's a lot of guys in JV. I'll just throw a few names like Jack Fromelt. He could be a big help next year. Uh, Matt Devino. It's going to be a Matt Levy. It's going to be a variety of guys. I mean, coach is going to put the people who thinks can help us win games, the best five, and that's the best five that's going to be out there for our personnel. And we're going to go into battle with whoever we got or whoever whoever's working hard in the offseason. I think this is going to be one of the most important offseasons. Not that every offseason isn't important. I mean, I feel like we're really going to find our identity because we're losing a lot of our identity this year and Noah, Matt, and Chris. But we're really going to find ourselves this year in the offseason, and we're excited to have that, and we're going to build off of it. Not only are you losing a lot of your identity, but you're losing 75% of your captains. Uh, you're now the sole captain until Coach Grundy decides to name another one or two or however many. So how are you going to prepare to lead this team into the offseason as now you're going to be a guy who's played the only guy who's played all four years by far the most experienced player returning so what are you going to do this offseason as a team uh we have some open gym set up already for this coming week and really we're going to try to build as much team chemistry as possible uh this year unfortunately the jv team wasn't in our gym so we didn't get the chance of having jack from out seeing the whole varsity family well or Matt Devino they got a little taste of it during the games but I feel like the first step is really building chemistry together hanging out together whether it's on the game or going out to dinner together so I mean that's the first step and then I feel like basketball will follow and it's just gonna have to keep on building from there so one more question for now is so you're going into what's going to be your senior year which time flew by for both of us. But if you had to pinpoint either a moment or a performance so far from your past three years, and I know I'm putting you on the spot. If you had to pick one, could you just pick, pick, just pick one for us? Uh, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of times in the locker room I could pick. There's a lot of times at camps we went through, various camps or as team hangouts. But one in-game uh, situation I loved was probably my freshman year Rutgers prep. That was a very, very fun game. Or even going back to Phillipsburg where Matt hit five threes the first game of the year last year. I mean, that was a super fun game. I mean, Matt just went crazy and it was just so much fun building off him for his first game. And then lastly, uh, even though it didn't go our way, Trenton. I love the Trenton atmosphere. I don't know. I kind of walked in the gym as a shocked freshman. I thought I played a pretty good game. But those are just kind of the other two. But definitely number one is Rutgers prep in that conference championship game. See, all these are like unselfish moments. I, the one I was thinking of when, was when sophomore year against Ridge, I think it was Ridge, 
you hurt your ankle, and then you come back in, and you just – it was just iconic, the way you just broke the press, split the double, uh, and then that just that whole sequence. That, that was one play that just stood out to me. Yeah, that was – that was a really fun game. I mean, the ankle hurt a lot, but I mean, I saw a press came out and right when I kind of walked in the gym, I heard the crowd and I, Rob did a good job taping me up and I heard the crowd and I kind of fed off the crowd's energy, woke me back into the gym. And I knew I couldn't let everyone down or let my team down. And I needed my team to help me. My team just kept on and kept going. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. We'll be back with the preview for what's to come from the Meyer this week. And just so you guys know, this is not the last you'll be seeing of Ryan Curry until next December. He will be on the football football field balling out come September. So we're all looking forward to that. But uh, I'll bring back Keith Glock next. Bringing back Mr. Keith Glock for what is kind of a preview, but not really. As we all know, the basketball season is over, unfortunately. But, I mean, you know, I guess one thing you could kind of take a positive from is at least you know I, – I, I, I don't even know how I feel about this. But what, what do you think about knowing, like, okay, March 6th, that's the last day. No ifs, ands, or buts. Well, what do you think about that versus, you know, losing your, your home at any time? I mean, it was convenient, I guess. I mean, I'll, I'd prefer the old way every day yeah, of the I mean, week, no, you know, uh, I would say. But, you know, just to be able to uh, to have some some scheduling, I think, was necessary, you know, in a year like this. Um, hopefully we never have to, to deal with it again and, and we can, you know, tie the bow on on this insanity forever. Oh, let's hope. <laughs> yeah. So the uh, the only preview we're going to bring to you is uh, sometime this week, me and Mr. Glock will sit down, do a year-end review. We're going to bring kind of in a similar format to how we usually do these. Um, we'll have, instead of take of the week, take of the year, maybe a like of the year, dislike of the year, um, and then plays of the year. So my favorite plays of the year um maybe bring you an interview or two so a couple things still to be ironed out but i'm looking forward to that yeah i i you know and i think that um you know this is now me being personally appreciative greedy whatever you want to call it um brand you have opened up some doors for the mire and and uh you know for montgomery fans that we're going to be able to, to do potentially some more things than we've ever done. I, I don't really see uh, the Muck and Meyer podcast going away uh, necessarily, um, whether you end up taking this and rolling with it just because, you know, I end up being a little more lacrosse involved and less Montgomery involved. And, and you have a lot more insight into that stuff. Uh, I think that's one, one way we're going to stay involved the potential for us to broadcast some spring sports because of your abilities. Um, that is, that's on the table. We logistically have to figure out if we can like physically make that happen. Um, I, I just don't know if the, the tools exist for us to be able to, to broadcast the way that we would really want to do it. Because to be brutally honest with you, I, I have no interest in 
uh, throwing together a third or a fourth rate operation just to say yeah, that we yeah. did it, you know? So um, if we can't really get equipment out to the softball field and to, you know, film it in a way where it's even pleasing to watch, um, then, we, you know, it may not get done, but if we can do it and, and we have the, the ability, uh, we're going to try because uh, Brian Upshaw has already come to us and, and said, you know, Hey, we'd, we'd love to make this happen. So we're, we're going to effort that. Um, and I don't want to say we're definitely doing it because there's just so many balls that are up in the air, but again, I, dude, I cannot thank you enough for oh. everything you've done through this basketball season and, you know, starting in football season, your future is so bright. Uh, it's blinding. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate Amen. you guys as well. Uh, Meyer is a great team for anybody interested in joining it. Can always use some more hands. Um, but that is about it for this week's edition of the Muck and Meyer podcast. Stay tuned. I'll, I'll make a notification on um, my Instagram. Well, my page is Instagram. So Muck and Meyer podcast on Instagram. So when the year in review podcast will drop. And any content you may want to see from us, don't be shy. Hit uh, Muck and Meyer Pod DM on Instagram. Hit Monty Meyer Radio, Radio DM on Instagram. Or contact any of us personally. We are open to any and all ideas. But uh, with that, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you.